0: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, Movie Moms, plus Biz is Slipping. Drea Clark stops by to co-host, and we talk to Chloe Cooney about her article. The parents are not all right.
1: Woo! You did such a good job wooing Drea. I feel like I maybe went a little more haunted mansion that, than than raw enthusiasm, but that, like the heart was there.
0: Given the days that we are in, haunted <laughs> mansion seems appropriate. Sure, sure. <laughs> so before I let everybody know what's happening, I want to do what we've been doing at the top of the shows since the virus started. And that is just to say what a wonderful job you guys are all doing out there. I cannot believe how long this is going, even though I know facts. And yet <laughs> and yet, I'm still amazed every day that yeah. this is that this is life. And I just wanna say, we wanna say a big thank you to all the essential workers, everybody who is on the front lines, all the healthcare workers. You guys are amazing. And everybody who works in the healthcare industry so that many other healthcare workers can work, data entry. Procurement. I mean, like all of it. The chaplains who work at the hospitals. I mean, I, oh, oh, you guys, I really see you because many, many people can't get in to see their loved ones right now, and you guys are really a bridge. And so I just want to give a special shout out there. Everyone at the grocery stores and at all the delivery services. And I know that in lots of places, businesses are going to start opening up with curbside pickup, etc. I really love you guys (laughs) I really appreciate and fucking teachers yeah fucking love you guys
1: (laughs) what Uh, yeah I I'm with you I'm also the good job and in this time I've been someone who's very much like constantly looking for silver linings or my own moments of gratitude or like how can I spin this so that my head still says As sunny as possible. And one of those things has been that the level that people have had to appreciate and value work that is not always recognized. And that also goes for, speaking of your show, the idea of caregivers in general. So there's such a long undervaluing of what caregiver work means and support at home and keeping families running and keeping households running and there has been something about the recognition of that in this time of how much of a burden and a weight that is and how much of an achievement it is.
0: Guess what? People have families, <laughs> right. you know, like sometimes people have them and uh, it's not invisible or hiding when you're not at your job. Now, with all of that said, a special shout out to Teresa. She has again there is a lot of attention she needs to be giving her family right now. And it's a lot. And we see you, Teresa, and you're doing a remarkable job. And I'll say it again. If I could come to hell with you, I would. If they would let me in with you. I mean, they'll let me into hell. Do not get me wrong. do not get that for sure there's a tattoo somewhere that says that on my body so but we see you you're you're doing such a good job so there's that and now drea Clark hello thank you so much for joining us just to let everybody know who you are you are a film producer a film festival programmer and a podcaster that's kind of the most awesome collection of jobs—you <laughs> co-host Max Fun's "Who Shot Ya," which is a movie podcast that isn't just straight white guys. What? I know. Is that, is that possible? And, Who knew? <laughs> and ticklish business, which covers classic Hollywood films with a feminist viewpoint. Which we could just do a whole nother show as a woman sure. studies minor. I ah. would love to talk about the color purple and like Amazon women in the avocado jungle of death. I mean, I just. Nice! I, so many. Those were also the last times I ever saw movies. Uh, <laughs> so, Drea, welcome to One Bed Mother. How are you doing? And I hope you'll be brutally honest.
1: Um, I'm actually good and I think that it's appropriate and thank you for having me as well but I also think it's appropriate in answering that for getting the call to help in a sense of I feel I so I don't have kids myself as I was telling you I have cats that I (laughs) ask a lot of questions of that never (laughs) truly answer me Um, but I am a mom ally from way back Yes. And uh, not to brag, I'm friends with lots of moms. What? But yeah, I know. It's true. <laughs> That's. Not, those so are my cool. credentials. But oddly, <laughs> in this time, one of my highlights so I'm self isolating shelter in place. So I haven't seen another person or another human in person for over two months now. Holy which shit. Which is a very different experience yeah. than so many people have. And it's really brought to light the idea of. Whenever this all finishes, or whenever a new normal happens, the idea of this time, what everyone's gone through, is so uniquely specific to them. And there isn't really a shared experience. There are individual experiences and trials. And that feeling is going to be so different from everybody. And the of course, that's how life is, which is a dumb realization that took me like two months of this to figure out. (laughs) But it's true. Like, so how we go through everything, but I think it's been exacerbated in this. And so t- being here today and getting to be a part of your show and hopefully like helping step in has been something for said friends with children. I got to a couple weeks ago, one of my best friends from college texted me and she's like, Oh my God, my, <sighs> my son has this freaking paper to do on Romeo and Juliet. I can't. I'm out. I'm busted. I was like, Yeah, set me up. I fucking love Shakespeare. <laughs> so I. I Zoomed with her 16-year-old boy, which is probably his biggest nightmare in the world, (laughs) talking to some woman he hasn't seen since he was seven, definitely doesn't remember, and who's asking him, like, so what do you think the nurse represents? He's like, who are you? But I have the time for that. I have the bandwidth, because I'm not doing that all the time, and I think there's something about having relationships hit this point where we're filling in those holes. So where I am is i feel pretty good overall largely because of said always looking for silver linings uh that said i watched a movie last night and i sobbed for Mm. 43 minutes straight and at least 20 of those minutes were after the movie ended so nice you know we have our moments but um yeah yeah Yeah,
0: i oh i have so many things i i want to touch on when you said about the like the different experiences we were we have delved into that a lot in parenting because uh, the the papers the magazines the commercials all of that would really like you to think there is one way to do something and there is not at all so i i like to think of it as the collective experience of everybody <laughs> Doing the best they can in their different situations, yeah. right? Like what works for one person does not work for somebody else, and and that's one of a bazillion people like that, right? <laughs> that is everybody's not going to come out of this a hundred percent, but <laughs> like what your individual experience is, yeah, they're completely different, and they deserve the respect and allowing it to be identified as different, right? Like right. we constantly talk about, it's not a competition. I'm not here with my children at you. Uh, trust me, that would be the last thing yeah. I would do with somebody. <laughs> and you're not isolating at home at me, right? Like it's, yeah. can I
1: ask what the movie was? Yes. It's a movie we're talking about on Who Shot Ya? My oh. other podcast this week. It's called Driveways by Andrew On. And I adored it. It was tears because of grace, but it was Mm. also tears because it's a film about this young boy and his mother and they go to clean out the house of her recently departed sister, who is a hoarder. And then she lived next door to Brian Dennehy and it was his last role. So there was already ties of that. And there's this little kid who's befriending these old people. (laughs) And so then I just started thinking of, I was like, oh, I have all of this older family that I don't know now if I'm ever going to see again. Yeah. I don't know what travel's going to look like. So it was the movie, but it was also, it was one of those like perfect keys that fit into like this bruise lock in my brain that just all of like, oh, there's all the sadness I have. Oh, that's oh. fun. Yeah. There that's it goes. I've been keeping it. I've yeah. been keeping it there. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. it was right there. Got it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well. Thank you very much for being with us today.
1: Well, it is. I'm very grateful for it. Um, (laughs) So now, Biz, I would love to know, how are you? I'm physically here
0: (laughs) in the same place I've been. But I was going to say that what has been on my mind is the concept of the slippery slope. And we've spoken about it on the show. Like, you know, but if you say yes to your kid about one thing. They are going to forever ask for that. And now, though, my slippery slope is, I I will be honest, I want so badly to see people. I want so badly to let my children see people, see their friends physically. And even with the, like, okay, we'll be six feet apart, or maybe we can do it in the yard, or maybe, like, people can drive by and see each other. It, my head then goes down the slippery slope of, okay, but then what if somebody wants to use the bathroom? Also, hey, do you know what kids are? They hate following
1: those kind of rules, yes. right? Like, you know um, what kids love? Figuring it out exactly six feet between them and their friends. They love they that. They love it. It's their oh. favorite thing. Slippery slope, indeed. S- slippery. That's going to be my new cocktail, the slippery slope. <gasps> Delicious. Thank you. 'll have you. to and... it'll have to be a single serving cocktail <laughs> yeah, for yeah, safety yeah. purposes
0: yeah. that's right I mean it just completely destroys you in that yeah, one yeah. <laughs> but it's a slippery slope there's probably a fire involved and the <laughs> it, it could be get ready for this transition guys
2: a lovely drink to have while watching a movie <gasps> oh
0: With movies, but just like I am a parenting expert. <laughs> I'm just going to say you're a movie expert, okay? We're
1: just for the... <laughs> See, for for these mean, you, purposes, I yeah. could be a movie expert in the same way you're a parenting expert. Exactly. That's we, fair. We're both yes in it. We so are in it. Yeah,
0: I want to take advantage of that, and I want to... I I feel like I've always felt that movies portrayal of mothers has misled me greatly okay it's like the pottery barn catalog of the child's room where you're like if I right. just paint everything white my children are going to be really well behaved so and and I feel like I also love apocalyptic movies. Like, I love them. Sure. And I am great at surviving an apocalypse. My children are not behaving the way that children in apocalyptic movies behave. That's upsetting. So, I guess I want to talk about to start off with this image of mothers. And if you say to me, movie with a mom in it, the First two things that come to my mind, which are horrible role models, is Mommy Dearest and the mother from the movie Sybil. Okay.
1: Those well, are horrible. <laughs> those are hor- yeah. horrible mothers. They're not great blueprints. You might no. as well throw in Piper Laurie from Carrie. Yeah. Piper Laurie there. from Carrie. Sure. Plug it up. Yep. I yeah. definitely... Oh, or you could also put in, if you're going to like... <laughs> the. The twist of um, Shirley MacLaine's character in terms of endearment, which right. was, but kind of split the difference because was sort of a nightmare human, yeah, and like super codependent, over controlling. However, had this deep reservoir of love and affection, yes, which is perhaps harder to see in something like "Mommy Dearest." <laughs> um, True, yeah, those are not the movies you want to take your. No. Your cues from as a mother, but Biz, you probably feel you're doing pretty good oh, yeah. looking no, at Sybil.
0: You're like, my yeah. bar, the Sybil mom in particular. Yeah. I am doing great. Like, I'm in like, your
1: face, Sybil <laughs> mom. Oh, no. I'll take you with the purple crayon, lady. You know what? I, I will say to bridge off of that, I yeah. find it almost more damaging in terms of that comparison you were talking about the the moms in movies that are that it's effortless yeah I think that is harder for a mom to palette or anyone than it is like if you're watching something and you're like oh you're horrible yeah clearly they're the bad guy yeah (laughs) but when you're watching someone and you're like well why is it's it's so easy. Like that's actually such a case in television. Yeah, almost television more is... than almost more than movies cuz movies require a certain level of conflict that doesn't always allow for the kind of stepford yeah. mother. But there is something to be said of when you're looking at a fictional character where it's just like effortless is the word for it. Right. Yeah. They just, Oh, they know the right thing to say and they're supportive and like never tired. They yeah. certainly never snap at their kids. Like they definitely they...
0: have high heels on and Always. are dressed perfectly you know they... during
1: the day. Yes. Oh, for sure. They <laughs> like... have the energy to Keep their stuff together, uh. and they br- they dress the children before dinner, and then like whisk them out to give their father like nod or yeah. whatever. I yeah, no, whatever those,
0: affection was shown.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that they're such a. um that, that era of those kinds of mothers, which was very much your sort of nineteen sixties yeah. um, melodrama and just family dramas in general, I do think once you hit the seventies, there's more complexity, even in anything from as varied as like The Godfather, to you know the yeah no
0: that the the women in The Godfather oh. are fascinating.
1: Mm. Um, The mothers for me, and I had Talked to you briefly Beforehand about this, that I've Been really grateful for the Last, especially 10-15 Years, um, both in in Indie cinema and in kind of The bigger studio films Obviously any character that Has an authenticity and a Well-roundedness is grateful, or I'm Grateful for, but I love Seeing mothers like that, and when we When we talked about this subject that um, yep. oh, the topic of mothers in movies the first mother that came to mind to me is actually a stepmother and she's my favorite stepmom in all of movies Alice and Janney in the movie Juno yes like, it's Alice and Janny anyway so who doesn't love her but she plays a stepmom named Brenda which personally I think all stepmothers should be named Brenda yes like Brenda, sorry to a... any stepmoms yes. out there you have to change your name those are the rules <laughs> <laughs> but I loved that because it. she doesn't have to be a stepmom. She doesn't have right. to be written that way. But it's also a very big reality for so many families that there's branches and different shapes to them. And so I just liked that inclusion. And she. I'm also from Minnesota, which is where Diablo Cody lived a lot of her life, which is where a lot of her stories are based. And man, there is something about the like... <laughs> fast-talking, no-nonsense Midwestern mom that I'm just like, yes! Like, I'm just doing the sort of Tina Fey high-fiving a million angels motion. Like, yes, Brenda! And Juno, would so Juno, there's an unplanned pregnancy in this teenage girl who's her stepdaughter. and She ends up taking her to the obstetrician and the woman there is kind of, the technician is very snotty to her. And Brenda gives her this dressing down, yes. which is like, and those are the mom moments that I'm like, that's it, right? That's teaching by example. That's like having your kids back in unexpected scenarios, yes. but not but not effortlessly. Like, she struggles with it. She's disappointed when she finds out she's pregnant. Like, there's layers to it. And I, those are the characters that I think are, like, so resonant.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Those, Those are qualities that I do like when I see them in the portrayals of mothers in movies. I also I also think that moms are portrayed well when they're portrayed as human beings. Yes. <laughs> like yes. when you say well rounded character, yes. it's like, well they're they're more than just mom one. You know? Like they're 100%. Yeah. So give me, give me more. Okay.
1: So that's funny because the other one that came to mind right away, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis in yes. True Lies. Oh yes. With Arnold Schwarzenegger, which you <laughs> may not think of when you're like, oh mothers and movies, huh. probably not the first one to come to mind. But it's exactly what you're talking about. Like their daughter is kidnapped. That's a whole part of it, and how she's treating her. But the big thing of that, and why I think it's such an the fact that it's so successful in this type of movie makes it stand out even more is because Jamie Lee Curtis plays a wife and a mother who is Ignored in a certain kind of way and taken for granted by both her partner and her kid. And that she's now just an entity that she helps sort of keep things moving. They're eating because she's somehow made food appear as if that just happened. Their lives are clean and orderly as if it just happens. And she's bored and lacking (laughs) anything. And so, of course, it true lies. Her husband is secretly uh, a spy and then sets up a whole thing and she goes on a spy adventure, which may not be an option for everybody. No, no, I keep waiting. You keep waiting, (laughs) but but what is an option is it also involves her entire family having to see her in a way that they do not. Yes. You know, that she is someone who wants adventure and she wants to be sexy and she wants to be recognized. And I think... Those are acutely um, familiar feelings for a lot of women. Yeah, well, women.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's let's just start off right there. But also, I think now I got to go back and rewatch that movie because it's everything you just described that Jamie Lee Curtis was going through, I think, is a huge part of suddenly finding kids in your house for women like they like you lose or you have taken from you any identity that you had before on some level right like you know comedian eh, you're a mom right like when you even when you introduce yourself you have to be like (laughs) i'm a mother right like i I used to could never even get those words out of my mouth because i it just felt like it deleted anything else i had done prior and i've come to grips with lots of this but like (laughs) but it's the fact that i think there's a fantasy for many people who are mothers (laughs) as well as fathers who who are the primary caregivers of if it's the like this is it's a wonderful life. Like, if you could only see, mm. but but for everybody else to see, right? Yes. That's like, <laughs> the flip. I see it. I see how great I am. I need everybody to acknowledge. And, and so, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is, wow, that is now
1: my poster child for for right? this desire. Yeah. And thinking of the audience for a movie like True Lies. Yeah. I love it when there's movies that take in female consideration. One that's not... Um, is adjacent to this, but Gina Davis in The Long Kiss Goodnight. That again, in terms of a film that is for a broader audience that has an action element, Gina Davis plays what seems to be a stay at home mother. Who is like super wrapped up in her kid, and then all of a sudden realizes, like, oh no, she's actually an assassin named Charlie Baltimore yes. who has amnesia and is on the run, and she's a badass and she can do all <laughs> she has all these knife skills. And she was like, oh, I guess I was a chef in my previous life. And like, no, you were an assassin. <laughs> but the whole thing of it is like this connection she's made to this child. And yeah, and again, anyway, so I love a good movie that can package motherhood in an unexpected way.
0: Now, one of my favorite movies to discuss from a feminist perspective is Alien. Okay? I was just gonna I, bring that up. And I I cannot believe I have never thought of it from a I mean, I've always thought about like the Alien Mother versus the like, you know, Gina yeah. Davis, but I'm thinking of the Alien Weaver. two where they find Newt, they find yeah. the, the little girl in Alien Two, and like she takes
1: on this motherhood role. Yeah. I ugh. I wrote a paper back in college about motherhood in Alien with the Ripley character, which is Sigourney Weavers, and in the Terminator franchise, which yes. is Sarah Connor. Um, and the idea of the strengths of motherhood that are often sort of the assumptions that it just yeah. comes with the role, like... You have a kid and therefore you're immediately completely protective yes. and immediately like, <laughs> oh, n- n- any sacrificial. Like all of these things that come into play and then put into these sort of sci-fi action films, <laughs> which I think is fascinating. And I actually, one of the, I will put in a small plug for the, the most recent Terminator, Dark Fate. Oh, how is it? You is it what? good? I, I want to say it. I dug it. I dug it because Sarah Connor comes back and she's uh, in her 60s now. It's Linda Hamilton. Total smoke show still. Mackenzie Davis plays a younger kind of hybrid uh, Terminator human. And then there's a young. Oh, I forgot her. This amazing young um, Latina actress like in her 20s. That's young for me. Not like a child. Yeah. (laughs) But um, who's <laughs> who's ultimately the hero? But one of the things they talk about is Sarah as a mother, as all of these things of built into the Terminator franchise. Sarah Connor had value only because she gave birth to the boy that would become the right. man that would lead the rebellion, and Dark Fate kind of twists that. And, and, oh, and did did people just hate it because of that? Did I they am, just like yes. Yeah. <sighs> It, I am convinced that it did okay, but it didn't do great. And I do think it's because they put, like, the women first in the marketing. Yeah, I'm sure. No, um, I'm, I'm sure. But it had a really thoughtful takeaway. I I love it. It. it tickles I can't, your fancy, yeah.
0: I'll watch that, because my favorite movies are movies in which people beat the shit out of each other. Oh, like, yeah. for justified reasons. Usually, justified <laughs> reasons make me the most happy. But occasionally... I'll just watch something where people are beating the crap out of each okay. other. So, hence, True Lies. But now I'm going to need to go watch the new Terminator movie. Dark fate. Yeah. yeah, Dark Fate. I'm way into that. <laughs> this Let me let this segue briefly into talking about movies as an escape. You know, I know a lot of people... My husband is a huge movie watcher. I used to be a very big movie watcher, and then I just got too tired to stay up late. <laughs> but... I know that movies definitely offer an escape for him, especially right now. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, your thoughts on movies as a form of escape, especially right now.
1: One of the things that I always talk about films as having is flavors. Mm -hmm. And I think like the same as eating you're just in different moods for different flavors at different times. And there's also some shit you just never like. Some people don't like (laughs) spicy food and some people don't like horror films. And that is totally fine. Like flavor is flavor. I think for me right now, I have discovered I am coasting on like much like if I went two steps further, I would basically just eat donuts for all meals. (laughs) Like, that's the kind of movies i'm looking for right now of like oh is there a powdered sugar donut movie that's what i'm wanting so i'm personally my escapism is almost exclusively like agatha christie adaptations of (laughs) octogenarian lady detectives living in a small village Dealing yes. with Vickers. Yes. Like, that stuff is great for me. I'm like, it's manageable. It's in like the 1940s. So yeah. I I not only know the bad stuff that's coming for them, I know what's coming for a long time. So <laughs> that's where I'm ending up. I think the other thing that's become key at this point, with us all at home and with people looking <laughs> at both like for you, if you're, if you're thinking of viewing as, oh, I have an hour to myself yeah. somewhere, so I want to watch something – or I think we're viewing things as a family differently. Yeah. And I think that your people's time with screens and people's time watching has had to sort of change and shift with all this going on. And I've always looked at movies as being a social entity and entertainment rather than just a, you know, it seems like they're quiet and it seems like it's an individual thing, but I look at them as it's both the movie that you're sharing, but then also what conversations are you having afterwards? What callbacks, what ongoing jokes does that set off with you and your family, whoever you've watched something with. So those are the things that I think a lot of people and a lot of my, like I said, my mom friends are berating themselves right now of, Oh, we're watching so much stuff, and yeah. to me, I'm like, no, that's that's a okay.
0: Well, like a like a family bonding experience with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? That's really interesting. I will say that movies, my relationship with movies has, cl- but for the most part, been in a movie theater and the bonding. Even though I don't know the people in the theater, there are many movies. That when I recall the movie, I'm also recalling the experience of the movie, like the people watching it around me, Uh, opening night of Jurassic Park was that, Star Trek, you know, pretty much any... Original start with you know, when Spock died. Holy shit. That was a... But, like, I remember my father and I coming to visit Los Angeles. He was coming out for a work trip. And at the time, we were living in Alabama. And we go to, like, the Chinese theater in Hollywood. We go in. And to be honest, I don't remember what movie we were going to see. But the lights go down and the trailers start to play. And it's pitch black dark. You know, all the lights out. And then you hear... And it's in all blackness. And it's the Rocky theme. And it's for like Rocky 2 or 3. I think it's 3. And everybody in the theater goes ape shit crazy. It's like USA versus Russia. Right? Everybody. And like that will always like have this like physical sensation uh like memory a physical memory when I think about that and I I think I I definitely feel like I have taken for granted the movie theater experience and recently yeah you know as a as a parent and just like Time and we all get to reevaluate all of our choices, guys. Right (laughs) Right, during this time together and apart. Yeah, I I I see that. I think that that's something that could be very interesting to see where we come out. Yeah. In terms of how we are experiencing movies and how our kids are are experiencing them. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Candlewick Press, publishers of Baby Clown, the hilarious new picture book about a frazzled circus family when its newest star is born. Award-winning author Cara LaRoe and Caldecott medalist-illustrator Matthew Cordell juggle wit and warmth in a story relatable to any parent or caregiver who has tried just about everything to soothe a wailing baby. Baby Clown, available now wherever books are sold.
2: Wow. Oh, my God. Oh,
0: my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. All
1: right. So, we are coming off of Mother's Day, Mother's Day weekend, and... (laughs) Um, we're obviously all in different spaces. I also live, like my parents retired to Northern California and my sisters in New York and my brothers in Minnesota. So we're kind of all over the place anyway. And um, we've been Zooming more regularly. And my genius was, I was very proud of... More are like Mother's Day, Clark Family Zoom. <laughs> I put together a scavenger hunt for each of their houses. What? And then like I shared a screen. I gave them team names based on their names. Like I did portmanteaus of like, yeah, I was very like my, my <laughs> sister's name is Bevin, and her husband's name is Bill and their kid's names start with J.A. and their team name was Bill Bev Javo no. and I was like super proud of myself <laughs> for that. And so they had this list and like I set up these rules like one person can be a runner for each family and they don't get a count until they bring it back and put it in front of the camera and I see it. And anyway, so it was it was so fun, and it was this thing of, it would have been fun regardless, but pulling off something right now, yeah. I mean, I say pulling off really was not that difficult, and I encourage you to try it, oh. but I was like, <laughs> beaming, I was like, yes,
0: You are Games. a fucking genius. It that, was great. That it is about great. to be tried by lots of people. Oh, I hope so. Please <laughs> do. I am looking for anything new, and oh, that's... Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) I'm so torn uh, sometimes on what I want to share. But I think I am going... My genius is that I married well. I married somebody who likes to bake. And again, years of working through resentment of, oh, you just get to spend your time baking while I'm in China. That's all gone. And the payoff is... I'm going to show this to... Hannah, Andrea, Stefan has started making, we used to do this thing with the kids on Monday when we picked them up from school, we'd go get donuts, uh, and we can't do that now, and Stefan has learned how to make motherfucking donuts. Did I not <laughs> just mention donuts? Yeah, and he just, oh my God. he just brought it in to me, and
1: they are, it they is beautiful. Are do- Delicious. It's like a beautiful glazed yeah. donut with perfect rainbow sprinkles. Yes. I'm dying. And I'm very impressed.
0: All my mid 40s reaction to sugar is just I don't even care. I don't even care about the headache I'm about to get.
3: <laughs> Hi, one bad mothers. Um I'm calling with a genius today because we'll take the smallest victories where we can get them anytime these days. Um, My husband and I are trying to work from home with our full-time jobs while also caring for our 22-month-old. And, you know, that's been tough. Um, And this morning, the kiddo decided to throw an epic tantrum right in the middle of a check-in that I was having over the phone with my team, and I had to jump off. Um, to deal with that, because dealing with a crying child and also trying to listen to the phone call was just not compatible. And the thing that finally pulled the toddler out of his tantrum was a few wet paper towels and a large window. And we are washing the windows. And it's the simplest thing because, you know, I'm able to actually clean the white vinyl around this window have never been cleaned for the three years that we've been living in this house and the kid is no longer screaming and you know I'm not getting any work done but I'm also feeling a little bit like a genius so you're all doing a good job we're all surviving the best we can and thank you for your show you are doing a great job and let me tell
0: you why I love this I love that the genius had nothing to do with actual work It the genius was how to calm <laughs> down yeah. your a toddler like I ah, I love this, and this just goes, this just circles us all the way, like back to this idea that guess what, people have uh, children in their house, and like they're not, they're not secondary, right? They continue to exist. Yeah, they continue to exist, and I, I just, you're doing, you're doing a really good job. Failures. Fail me, Drea. Fail,
2: fail, fail, fail!
1: You suck. Okay, so my <laughs> failure is in the realm of self-care, which oh. which can sound as if it's like, oh, I didn't get enough time to give myself a facial this weekend. But no, <laughs> it is as much as my um exterior life is still coping okay. Like, yeah, I'm feeling decent mental health decent however nighttime drea is like jokes uh, on you you're gonna be a teeth grinder now yeah so i have been grinding my teeth in my <laughs> sleep to the point of pain and the the saddest the fail isn't that i'm doing that because man i can't <laughs> i can't control that it's that over a week ago i bought a mouth guard mm. to try and remedy this yeah. But I have not yet unwrapped it because you have to like boil it oh, and do yeah. a whole thing to like set your teeth in it. So every couple days I wake up with my jaw hurting, and I'm like, you dumbass, put your freaking <laughs> mouth guard together and sleep in it. Like that's my fail. It's so stupid. Yeah. You are doing a horrible job
0: <laughs> taking care of yourself. Good. So Thank we you. all see you. Good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, in one of these like bursts of, oh, I have to reconnect with people. I have been talking to many people about the fact that I had recently bought and downloaded uh, You Don't Know Jack and a few of the other games. I, in the 90s uh, or maybe early 2000, I don't know, however old I am, I used to play a lot of this sassy sassy irreverent trivia game you don't know jack and i thought this will be great yes you can play this with multiple people i did all this research this i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm even gonna tell my school about it we can do this for like an event Stefan and i sat down to play at just the two of us uh, over the weekend and <laughs> and Stefan was like well, how do people do this if they can't see the screen? Cuz what you do is you you see the screen where the questions come up and then you go to like you don't know jack.com or tv or whatever on and then phone. that's your yeah. your phone fo- on your phone and your all you see there are the answers like as the ABC choices that you get to pick from. And that's when it hit me, oh this is unshareable unless I like zoom screen share in my mind it was the kind of thing where if I gave you the code you would just go to your computer and you'd be able to see it too and it's not and I spent money on that and like I've told lots of people I'm ready to share this thing with you guys and I'm like oh it's just going to be a lot of fucking extra work to share it so uh expectations crushed
3: Hi, this is a fail. I was trying to make my life easier, and I remembered that there were two more plastic plates in the back of the cabinet from when my oldest was little, so I pulled them out, and now the only thing that my three-year-old and two-year-old will eat off of are the Cars plate and the Toy Story 3 plate. Three meals a day, and if we give them a different plate... They demand the car's plate and the Toy Story plate. So I suck and I'm doing a terrible job. I should definitely not try to make my life easier. You clearly have listened to the show because
0: the fail is trying to make your life easier. That's, we've proven that time and time again. Also, Drea, you might not know this, but two and three-year-olds are kind of difficult. Yes. And this woman has one of both. Yes. In her home. So nothing is easy uh, right now. And you are doing a horrible job just trying to make things fun. You can't have fun.
2: You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem phone I love
0: you I love you one bad mother is supported in part by care.com as the world's largest online destination for finding and managing family care care.com helps millions of families find high quality care for their children aging loved ones homes and pets I need help now that school is closed did you know you could find a tutor To help your child continue to learn from home, well, you can. With tools and information to guide families through the hiring process, reviews, background checks, Care.com provides a platform for finding all kinds of family care services, from child care to senior care, errands, housekeeping, and pet care, Care Care.com can even help you with all your household employer obligations, including payroll and taxes with care.com home pay. To save 30% off a care.com premium membership, visit care.com slash bad or use promo code bad mother. Hey, Teresa, let's call someone today. This week, we are talking to Chloe Cooney, who is an advocate and writer focused on expanding access to sexual and reproductive health and rights in the United States and around the world. She lives in Washington, D.C. with her wife and son. Welcome, Chloe.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: It is nice to have you here. And I just, you know, spoiler alert, gave away the answer to the first question we <laughs> like to ask all our guests, but maybe maybe something's changed. Who lives in your house?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm bunkered down here with my wife and my five-year-old son, and whatever characters or characters are making up the, the day in our house. So we've got stuffed animals and Legos and... They're, on any given day, a really active participant. So. <laughs> <laughs> so did you say five years old? Five, yeah. He's a five-year-old. Oh, yeah. There, there's a
0: lot of people yeah. that, that are created. Yeah, humans,
2: stuffed animals, all of it, yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So here's something we've been asking guests recently. Given, given the current situation in the world, how, how are you?
2: You know, I mean, I feel like I'm answering this on a minute by minute yeah. basis. So, So, um, permission to change uh, answer in 30 minutes. <laughs> but I'm okay right now. Uh, we just we, I you're I'm on East Coast time, so we just did dinner with my son, uh, who had a high. We do highs and lows. He had a high yeah. today, so I feel not like the worst parent in the world. Yeah. No. That's.
0: Um, a great way to like like the weather it was a nice day yeah it's I mean not that I go
2: outside these days right (laughs) but it's sunny um yeah so I'm I'm okay I've you know it's Monday which is always like the day you 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 sort of I'm already really behind this week but my son you know was okay at dinner and we all had dinner together so that's a a win I would say yeah
0: No, that's a win. You got to take the wins. Yeah, exactly. You can. My other win
2: is that he is in his PJs all day, but it's not the same as yesterday.
0: Ooh, uh, that is very good. As long as
2: we're not doing PJs, the same PJs for two days in a row, I feel victorious.
0: (laughs) Chloe, we have had you here because you wrote uh, pretty much a. Spot on article that came out really at the beginning of all the sheltering in place. When this started our first show back, well, not back, our first show of the of the COVID times definitely touched base on some shit hitting the fan when it comes to responsibility of all sorts, emotional, (laughs) emotional well-being of small people in our house educational well-being all the ho- I mean we we refer to it as president of everything and you you wrote this article the parents are not all right it is For us to have to shelter in place at the same time that we wrestle constantly with the image of parenting, the image of motherhood, the image of perfection and Pinterest and Instagram (laughs) and fucking everything, I would really like you to talk about why, I can tell you why, but why, (laughs) thank you for saying it, what led to the article for you let's just start there
2: yeah no well um yeah i mean i think like so many of us and dc started i think only a few days after maybe mm-hmm. a week later after um california but um on that first monday we woke up where we were this was like what was happening i was like am i in a satire like yeah i feel like i'm in a a, a spoof movie and and it just the impossibility kind of came crushing down on me <laughs> and you know i had my little homeschool box ready to go i was going to create a routine and i i didn't have like big expectations like yeah. i was not delusional about what i could do i um and it just it was so hard and i i was so angry at how hard it was and that that was sort of not part of the conversation and every parent i knew was having that feeling and over you know the first few weeks it was um parents were all talking to each other going oh my god this is fucking impossible but I didn't see that coming out in the broader landscape. Yeah, and I was disheartened. And then I started to hear discourse, like, about a month in of people online, out in the world, of people sort of saying, oh, the parents at work, it was hard, but they're fine now. And I was like, oh, I know they're not fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking to enough of them. I know they're not fine. And I just sort of, it made me enraged. Um <laughs> That was kind of it. And I was so sort of worked up that I just sort of, you know, threw up on the page. Yeah. And I I felt, and it was because it felt invisible. It was clear to me that what was happening was so obvious to every parent I knew and so invisible to every non-parent I knew. And I was so mad that it wasn't just coming up in a part of the conversation, that this is a big load to bear. And I am still disheartened, frankly, that it's not more a part of that i mean we're talking about states reopening and we're not putting childcare as a central contingency on that um it's you know i think there's been more conversation since the essay came out for sure but it still feels like it's cloistered among parent groups um and it's not mainstream yet and and it's disheartening because i I think families
0: have never been mainstream what is true is that we know they exist right fam clearly Kids are in people's houses, but other than that, they exist totally separately than what we deem as reality, which is work. For me, the thing that kind of pokes my enrage button right now is a lot of articles that have been coming out recently, like, maybe now, we'll see. Maybe now, we'll have... Universal health care. Maybe now we'll have parental leave that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe now women <laughs> will be seen as not the assumed sacrificer of career in, right. in a dual household. The article really touches on this. You have a thing in there that says, you know, viruses or in this case, global pandemics expose and exacerbate the existing dynamics of a society. It's very well said. That was a lot more concise than whatever I just yelled out. <laughs> and one of these dynamics is the burden we put on individual parents and families. And we're asking them to solve it. Here we are, two and a half months really into, into this. Where do you see us from when this started and you wrote this article and where we are now? Now.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I I mean, just to go back to what you were saying before about, you know, viruses expose, exacerbate. And it's something I, you know, I work in global health, so I see these dynamics. Anytime there's a crisis, you see whatever the sort of fault lines are come out. I mean, I think we're seeing it in the the deaths. Um, The death toll of COVID is is disproportionately leaning on people of color. And that's not because of the disease. It's because of racism. And that's an existing fault line um and and it was you know i think in writing this essay it part of what also motivated it was i know that we're really privileged like we have two you know two parents to one kid like the ratio is good yeah (laughs) um i mean we're his entire social network but nonetheless the ratio for caretaking is good we both are employed our both of our jobs can be done from home right like we can do it remotely i know people whose jobs cannot be done remotely right our families are not impacted by COVID right now. Like none of our parents are not sick. Um, right. So all of the above, you know, we and yet it still felt so hard. And I knew it's that much worse for folks who don't have the same opportunities and resources that my family does. We're two moms and both of, you know, as a consequence sort of like socially expected to be the caregivers in our families. <laughs> like there's no, I've talked to friends who, have a very coequal partnership in their household and yet you know their husbands employers don't respect that they have child care responsibilities and i think that's happening a lot um i think it's also probably harder in some cases for men in workplaces to you know speak up and raise their hand yeah. and say i can't do it whereas like you know, I was pregnant. I was breastfeeding at my office. I mean, I've done all, I've done it all. Yeah. <laughs> out, outright. Um, and, and, and again, I, I'm not a, I'm not a person who ever felt like I had kept my parenting invisible. I didn't feel overly like I had to separate those things. It's just the situation and what's sort of asked of all of us employers and employees alike is really impossible at the end of the day. So I, I do think something's coming up, but I am, I'm getting increasingly, you know, I, the outpouring to the essay was really overwhelming and validating in some ways, but it was also very heartbreaking Yeah, because um, I, I didn't think I was alone. I talked to enough people to know that this was not, <clears throat> you know, a unique experience, but I didn't expect to hear it as widely as I did. I mean, I, you know, one person on my Facebook feed was like, oh, it's all over Cyprus, and I was like, what? <laughs> and it was like <laughs> all over the world, people were sharing it and re- and reaching out to me. I got a bunch of people from Europe saying, oh, I thought this was written by someone in Europe. And, I, and you know, honestly, naively, I did think yeah. this was maybe more of an American burden because mm-hmm. we don't have universal health care, because we don't have parental leave. And I have no doubt that the fact that we don't have universal health care is making this harder and the the pressures for so many families. Um, but it turns out that this experience of having to do both things at once is being mm-hmm. felt around the world. Um, and parents are, are, um, are feeling that, but I, you know, and when you look at who are the, you know, frontline healthcare workers around the world, they're predominantly women, who are the caregivers around the world, they're predominantly yeah. women they're predominantly the same people, Yeah, (laughs) you know, and it's, I'm like, it doesn't work. (laughs) Like, this is crazy. So, um, I, I think that there's been increased awareness, but I'm, you know, now two and a half months in, I guess, getting a little disheartened that it's not, it's not top of mind. And it's not, as I said, top of mind, as we talk about, Uh, reopening states, Um, you know, when are places going to reopen? Well, like, to me, it's such a moot point until you talk about when schools are reopening and when it's safe to do so.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we had, we don't know when... Our school's going to reopen. There's an assumption, fall. At this and, point, I'm like
2: hoping fall.
0: Uh, yeah, we're hoping fall. But <laughs> even then, you know that it could be maybe well, two days a week. Right. And then three days home learning or half a day or, you know, y- y- this rotating schedule. You know, it it's like I keep thinking, okay, I I have a flexible schedule as a podcaster. Okay, so I get to do my work at night when everybody's done. My partner, he, you know, definitely has been working from home and strangely has a ton of work, sometimes at night, sometimes, you know, very early. And I get it. Like, I get it. Right. But, like, even, and I think this is something that we don't touch on enough too. Just because I have the time to do it comparatively doesn't mean I enjoy it or, you know, or am feeling rewarded by it or want to do it. I wonder about the mental health of parents coming out of this, and that's also not being discussed so fix it. Can you fix it for us? And I know the answer is no, but
2: I, yeah, you know, I, you know, it's interesting. One of the, a, a bunch of the reactions I've gotten from the essay were also from people who weren't to working families, two working parent families. Mm-hmm. They were, someone was home and they were like, it's still hard. And the reality is, yeah. you know, parenting is a group sport. Like mm-hmm. we're not built to be like sequestered and, you know our kids need to go to playgrounds <laughs> and run around like they staying inside is you know that's one of the hardest things i think for us right now is watching our son he won't go outside right now um yeah. and we have to like kind of force him into the car and drive somewhere far away to like a forest <laughs> yeah. or something um and and i know a lot of kids are like that right now but it's it's not good like i'm worried that he's not moving more and Um, So it's, I think it's hard no matter what, the extra layer of the working and not having that flexibility that some people are, I mean, I've heard stories too from parents who have really no flexibility and it's, um, really outrageous. I'm like, give me your boss's email. Yeah. I, I am going to this zoom. article. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. I am going to zoom bomb the shit out of this. Text out like we are going for it. I'm just going to fill the screen with children. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: I don't have any. I mean, I you know, I feel very you know, by, in a very supportive space. It's just, it just it doesn't change the fundamentals of like what's what's happening. And I do. I think it's so the mental health. I mean, the, the other thing I've been thinking about a lot is parents are multitasking 100 of the time now like there is not a moment in the day mm-hmm. when my brain is not in at least three places and you know you could say oh isn't that normal but not like this right no it's
0: not the same it's not, it's the, not same. the same and you know it's not it's this is not the same as homeschooling this is not the same as you know a week off it's <laughs> God, it no. is it's not the same as normal parenting which is already a shit show right of just uh, yeah. of, of, of different like ah, all the time let me wrap up on this is there one thing that we can yell about the most?
2: I mean, I think um, right now, you know, I, we, the, my biggest takeaway is we don't as a society value caregiving enough. Yeah. And that's evident across this epidemic, right? Like teachers, frontline oh, health yeah. workers, right? Like across the board, we don't value caregiving as, a, as, a, as an enterprise and yet it is fundamental to our society, to functioning. And as a friend of mine said on Twitter, parents are essential workers. (laughs) And I think that's right. So I I would love to re-envision, You know, we talk about like the the sort of world post-COVID sort of America 2.0 or I don't know, 6.0, I don't know what number we're on. Um, And I'd love for caregiving to be a fundamental pillar that we build out from and think about. But at the minimum, we should be talking about our management of this epidemic with that as a central focus, I think we should be thinking about what are reopening strategies tied to what parents and people who are giving, it's not just parents. I mean, it's all forms of caregivers who are on the front lines need because I, you know, the tools for employers are not great either. Right. It's not, it's not like a good guy, bad guy thing at all. It's, it's that we don't have the tools as a society to do this well. Um, So I think putting that central focus of caregiving of parenting as a really key element and a precondition of the next stages uh, would be the thing I'm focused on today. But, but I, I do think it's a much bigger conversation.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And maybe we'll just have to have you come back and have a bigger conversation. (laughs) 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 Chloe, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for writing that article. It, it definitely made Me and many of our listeners feel seen, and that's what we really need right now. So, agreed, agreed. So, thank you so much for joining us. Well,
2: thank you. And this conversation made me feel more sane. So, thank you. Oh, good. Oh, I
0: see the shit out of you right now.
2: (laughs) All right.
1: Well, stay safe.
0: You too. too. Take care. Bye.
4: Strange planets Curious technology And a fantastic vision of the distant future Featuring Martin Starr So we're going on day 14 Shuttle still hasn't come Aparna Nancherla
0: The security system provides you with emotional security You do the rest
4: Echo Kellum Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu I'm staying From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver.
2: Could you play Cindy Lauper's girls just want to have
1: fun?
4: It's The Outer Reach. Stories from beyond.
1: Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen.
2: I can't hear myself, but I'm assuming...
1: These
4: are real podcast listeners, not actors.
1: Hey, thanks for coming. Here's a list of descriptors. What would you choose to describe the perfect podcast? I mean, vulgarity,
3: dumb, definitely dumb,
2: and like uh, right here, this one, meritless.
1: What if I told you there was a podcast that did have all of that? No, Jordan Jesse Go, and it's free. Jordan, Jordan Jesse, Jesse Go, go. Jordan Jesse, go, Jordan Jesse Go,
4: Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast.
0: Oh my God, I love talking to Chloe. It's like she says all the things that I feel. Speaking of saying all the things that I feel, (laughs) let's listen to a mom have a breakdown.
4: I'm just calling to rant. I'm on week four of homeschooling. And I have a 7-year-old, a 5-year-old, and a 3-year-old, and a husband who is an essential worker. So he's out working. Nothing too crazy with the front lines. But I tried so hard today. I tried to make fucking slime with them. It was a disaster. Everyone screamed and cried, and it stuck everywhere. Okay, fine. They watched some TV. They did some learning things. I snuggled them. I read them books. Now I'm trying to do an art project with them. And everyone is fucking mad about it. So I suggested we take a break. And they can't take a break. They can't let it go. And my 7 year old following me around asking me to help him. I said, I tried. He was like, when did you try? When did you try? And I said, I tried when I fucking did the art project with you. I've never done this before. I just tried. I need a break. And here comes a five-year-old. Thanks. You're doing a good job. Okay. First of all,
0: you are doing a really good job. One of my favorite parts, it's weird to say I have a favorite part about uh, mom's having breakdowns, but the, it, one of my favorite parts was where you just started right at the beginning, I tried really hard today. Yeah. And I could I could this might have to be a topic for a future show. I tried really hard today. And that's what we're all trying to do is just, like, try really hard. Because everybody's like, be present. Be present in the day. (laughs) It's just, like, one step. And so you are and you're rewarded with screaming and crying. And this, this goes right to the heart of the fallacy of, like, fucking instagram and facebook and pottery barn catalogs and some of those movies and tv shows you only see the perfect cookies after they're done being made no one posts pictures of the kids crying during the science experiment with the balloon and the shaving cream no one sees the like 30 minutes it takes to set that shit up for the five minutes of like art and uh, that still gets met with like resentment right. and anger, and then the like hour of having to clean all that shit back up. Like it's, it's, and there's, and I think, I think, if I may, uh, being home <laughs> all the time and being responsible for the emotional, educational, and many other old uh, well beings of these little people in our house is when they start screaming and yelling during the fun thing that you planned you really can feel kicked in the boob right like you can just (laughs) kick whatever whatever part of your body you don't want to be kicked in I've recently been kicked a lot in the boob by Ellis and he is just way too big should be crawling on me but there we go regression is fun uh maybe in the nuts maybe in the knee maybe just right in the face that's a good play you're getting kicked there uh, and uh, yeah like, how are you supposed to walk away from that
1: I yeah I've, I this is so hard because I hear this and again as um a mom ally and not a mom I am also someone who um I'm a daughter I don't know if I, yeah. I if I included that in my bio. I, I'm going to assume. Oh, sure, that sure. But <laughs> <laughs> I have these very acute memories of my mother, especially when it became a nightmare preteen teenager. Yeah. That the most regular thing she would say when she was disappointed or upset with me was saying how i was ungrateful and i think that that is something that parents feel so acutely and i hear her and the idea of putting this whole thing together i'm already like oh you just did 15 more things than i did today you made slime i don't even know what that entails let alone (laughs) googling it and getting the crap for it and setting up (laughs) dealing with three humans no forget it but that that you're met with um when did you try Oh, no. And then this all
0: cycles back to some sort of guilt that I haven't been doing enough in letting my children figure things out on their own. Mm. So, again, full circle, you are doing a
1: really good job. Such a good job.
0: Drea, what have we learned today? We have learned that uh, to find the most realistic versions of motherhood find
1: it in action movies (laughs) (laughs) an unexpected education for us yes yeah yeah, Yeah. i
0: think that and treat mothers like uh, the individuals and selves and fully developed people that they are or once
1: were (laughs) yes 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 (laughs) they contain multitudes i also think the power of recognizing a character going through a struggle you relate to is not a small one i think the idea of seeing yourself in a story is huge and i think a forgiving yourself for embracing stories through the screen is key i really do yes
0: i would rather their days for sure That we are so screened out with the Zooms and the learning and, you know, some days you're learning math online on a website. Some days you're just printing things out. Like, all the screen time that goes in to learning from home makes you not ever want to be on a screen again. Maybe we should just nix that screen time and (laughs) only watch movies, like, all day. Like, a bigger screen just feels feels like a more valid screen. Yes. I'm going to let that be one of my takeaways sure. from the day. Everybody you're doing a remarkable job. This is a just a remarkably fucked up and confusing time on top of all of the other stuff. I I mean like it's you, you still there's there's still work or maybe there's not work right now and those are really stressful. Uh, there are possibly kids in your house that is incredibly stressful. Everybody is making it work the way it works best. And tomorrow you might realize it didn't, and you want to try something else. We all get to keep trying new stuff. You're doing a remarkable job. We see the shit out of you. And uh, let's go out and see the shit out of each other right now. And you are remarkable. Drea, thank you so much for joining me today. This was absolutely amazing. And I will 100% have you back on to just talk feminist movies with me. I would love to. Uh, 'Cause that could just be a lot of fun and we all need to not to like have something else to focus on. And me on a soapbox is a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> and everybody should go check out who shot you. Thank you also for being an ally. And you are doing you are doing a very good job.
1: Thank you, Biz. I had so much fun here. Um, I got to talk about helping my friend's kid with Romeo and Juliet, which is all I've really wanted to talk about for weeks now. And it's (laughs) no one else has asked. So this was a great thing for me. I would like to say I love this show. I love the energy of it. I love all moms swearing in their heads, (laughs) cursing their hearts out as they stare at a small, angry child dealing with their slime. So good job to them. Great job to you, Biz. You're keeping it going. (laughs) We're doing it. You're getting it done. Day by day, one day Day. at a time. That's right. And we're going to do it
0: again next week, guys. Come hell or high water. We will talk to you next week.
4: Bye.
0: Bye. I got to load down, Mama
4: Blues. I got to load down, Mama Blues. Guys, slow down Mama Blue Slow down Mama Blue
0: We'd like to thank Max Funn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash One Bad Mother. For information about live shows, our book, and press,
2: please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy baby, be buzzed by, got low down
3: Mama